0: Welcome to Outside Inside Radio, which is brought to you by Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. Our collaborative teaching teams include faculty, students, and staff, and our classes include making art, art history, reflection, and the cultivation of a safe space. We're based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at three CSU campuses, San Bernardino, Fresno, and Fullerton. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Transformative Arts, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. Hey everyone, this is Ella Turen and I'm here with my co-host, Kathy Foley Mayer. Hey Kathy. Hey Ella and you are listening to Outside Inside Radio. And today we have a special guest with us, Douglas Jessup, who is an activist and a writer and a lyricist and MC. And we're so excited to hear about his journey and his artistic inspiration. So how you doing Douglas? Welcome to the show.
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. So Douglas, um, you, as I said, are a lyricist and MC. Can you talk a little bit about your journey, how you discovered that you were an artist and you know why is it that writing lyrics is your thing?
1: Man, I would say I discovered I was, I was an artist and a writer when I was in seventh grade. I was in seventh grade, and that actually came to me through a teacher. It's like, a kid, like you know, I was, I was a kid in the back of this class, just not paying attention, always getting in trouble. And my teacher actually put, pulled me aside and really assigned me to to write, you know. And, and for whatever reason, I wrote that day. And when I finally turned in my homework, which doesn't ever happen, but I did, I turned in my <laughs> homework. She sat me down and she's like, yo, you are a writer. And that's like when I would say I really started recognizing I had that artistry.
0: It's amazing how one person or one moment can be the thing that changes everything for you. Like, did you did you reflect back on that time and think about how deeply that impacted you going forward? All this time being a writer,
1: absolutely. I come from a rough place. I come from a rough family. You know what I mean. I'm a rough dynamic of Polynesian culture. Um, so for me, I think uh, that really did resonate. That was one of the first times I've ever had. Positive affirmation into my life like that, you know what I mean. That teacher literally pulled me aside and was kind of like, "Yo, you're you have a gift at writing in seventh grade." I, I didn't that all of that was just like this. It just felt good. So yeah, that definitely did shape quite a bit. It taught me how to really just release my anger, my aggression, and all of that through the paper rather than you know being out there and getting in trouble. I'm not saying I wasn't out there getting in trouble, but it definitely helped alleviate a lot.
0: Can you talk a little bit about that journey and how how writing was the thing that sort of like held you down?
1: Yeah. Um, writing became like just my best friend. Writing became something that understood what I was feeling, I could put it out, and nobody would shoot it down. You know, I wasn't, um, in, in Samoan we say feel poco. And feel vocal means like you're acting up, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you you, you want to be feel vocal, like you want to show off, you want to act up and act tough and stuff, you know? And you, you wouldn't get none of that if I was writing on a piece of paper, then I was able to create my own world through that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I was able to, you know, really dive into that. Like when it came to like poetry, I really fell in love with being able to craft words together and express and, and pull out a deeper soul and like just essence.
2: Were you sharing your work from an early age with like the outside world?
1: I wouldn't say kind of, kind of like, so when it came to like raps and stuff, I grew up pre- predominantly listening to DPG and Tupac, like, and and Thugs. Those are like my main influences um in hip hop.
0: Very West Coast, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. They were talking about things that, like when I was in Compton, obviously they're talking about things that, I was going through, but when I moved to Salt Lake City, they were talking about they represented an, a lifestyle that I understood, an anger that I felt. They represented a whole bunch of different things that nobody understood.
2: Yeah, that's a cultural shift though, from Compton to Salt Lake.
1: Yeah, Salt Lake City. It's it's a it's a shift with that Polynesians do quite a bit, and we and mm-hmm. it's it's something that's common for within the church right. with parents that are pretty, they don't know much English, no, no college degree, no anything. But the church moved us out to, you know, to help us. That's when I really realized that like, well, we were still poor, but like we wasn't, it wasn't like an everyday constant battle of needing to stay away from this and this and this and this and this. It was just a matter of us being knuckleheads and getting in trouble, you know? And that's when I noticed that, oh yeah, the mentality has to change too. The heart has to really change.
0: Was there a certain point that there was like a shift for you where you shifted from the things that you were doing to doing something different, whatever different means to you? And and yeah. did writing have a hand to play in that?
1: Big time. Absolutely. Big time. Yeah. Um, I was the first one to steal a car. When I was in ninth grade, the U.S. Marshals pulled up on me. like They're coming after me and my friend. You know what I mean? Like I was really that stupid when I was younger. At that time, I didn't think it was stupid. I, it was my life. It was the only thing I could identify with. You know, and the shift for me really came when my friend died.
3: Mm. I was
1: 16 years old and he ended up taking his life. It started to change like my, my thought process, like, wait, hold up. Here's this dude that's super cool to me, right? Like, cause he was like one of the first people I've ever met in my life that was kind. Around me and my family were either, there's, there's no kindness. You're tripping if you think (laughs) somebody can be kind to you, you know, but like he, he was one of the first persons to be kind to me. And then that kind of actually led me to the church. And then I started diving deeper into scriptures. I started diving way deep into writing, and um, I still remember it to this day. I wrote a poem for him. It's called "Gray Child." It's talking about like the the life of a person being sucked out of him because of his environment, and and that's that's what happened with my buddy. It's it's kind of crazy because I was talking about him, but it became like, yeah, it's me.
0: then it's then it about you too. Yeah. I'm sorry for your friend, but it yeah. also seems like his life still was, was so important to you. I mean, it, yeah. I could tell that he still lives with you.
1: He does. He way. absolutely does. Like it causes me to really dig deep and want to live for his legacy. Mm. You know, I was like, I, I get what you're saying. I may not have understood what you're trying to say to me when you say to me when you're alive, but I finally get what you're saying to me now. now. And because of that, I'm always going to live to that, you know, and that came down to simple principles that people may not understand, like why I live this way, but I'm, I'm always going to be this way. And, you know, and that's, you know like just being kind to your to your brother you're nicer and like using empathy and compassion because he was like nice to me when i was like, i was bad when i was younger you know what i mean like like i said like i was really bad man so like um that changed it you know and writing was such a major component of that
0: Yeah, to be able to have that outlet where you could channel all of your feelings and energy yeah. And to have people, you know, really read that and respond to it. Um, how did that feel for you when like people were responding to your work?
1: Oh, it's a trip.
0: Like it was <laughs> a trip. Like
1: my brother, he was in like, he went into the Marine Corps, you know, because that's how it is. Like if you're Polynesian, it's like to get this person out of trouble, just throw him in the service. It's like, um, that's not necessarily the best answer for you. Not really. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like that happened with my brother that, you know, he went into the service and like. One of the bigger moments in my life at that time was that, like, when he came back, you know, and I was in like school and stuff. Like, he went out to a party and he came back from the party and was like, "Bro, you're you're a rock star." I'm like, "What are you talking about, bro?" He's like, "Yo, everybody talks about how dope you are, like, lyrically." That's huge. That is
2: huge. It
1: was (laughs) huge because my brother isn't my biggest fan. He's like my, you know, sibling rivalry with me and my brother is
2: (laughs) 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 through the roof.
1: (laughs) Um, But he did. He 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 was just like, "Bro, you're a rock star."
2: So it sounds like um, you're writing, um, you're being a lyricist has really changed the way you think of yourself as you move through the world, you know, as an artist. Like, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, because like before, like when I was younger, it it the reason why I was getting in trouble when I was a kid was because it felt like nothing mattered. Mm.
3: Like, the hell doesn't matter. Do
1: mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like if the only way you're going to pay attention to me is if I'm out here acting an idiot. Well, guess what? I'm gonna be out here acting an idiot. So, like, being able to write and finding my like uh, my heart, like learning how to use my heart, because that was another thing. Is like I I didn't know how to really use my heart. You know, like I had all these these emotions. I've had all these different things. I didn't know what to do with it.
2: So, if you could communicate to somebody who's Inside, who who's having those same feelings of, you know, kind of being pulled emotionally in a lot of different directions and not really knowing how to process. Like, what would your message to them be?
1: Just write, yeah, just write. And and I think a lot of people think too much before they write, you know. And I think if you overthink what you're writing, you're not. It's not going to come out. You have to write. And then after you write with your heart, you know what I'm saying? Like the best writers, you can feel what they're saying because what they're saying is what they're saying is something they feel. When you're writing and you're using your heart, you just lay it out and then you go through and revise it. Right. And it's like, it really does feel like a blanket. You know, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm very proud of that. You know, but for me, it's gotten me so much closer to, to Jesus Christ, just being able to write because there's a lot of things I didn't even necessarily know how to communicate.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we tend to second guess ourselves in the creative process a lot because you you know you'll make something and then you think okay wait what is
0: this is this well it? you're thinking because you're also thinking about how other people are going to see it exactly. right instead exactly instead of what it sounds like you do douglas is that you're doing it for yourself first right you're pouring out what you need to get out and then it's like if people like it they like it if they don't they don't it sounds like you know this is something that is coming from you that is personal to you first
1: yeah Absolutely. Um, Yeah, because I think that the most compelling writing is something that really resonates with you Mm -hmm. in one way or another. So how else are we going to be able to relate to another person if we aren't relating to ourselves? So true. You know, like if I'm going to really dig inside, you know, and and I talk about the the raw moments within me, people are going to relate to that. It's going to make it powerful. It's going to make it compelling. The more authentic I get with that, the more authentic my connection becomes.
0: You talked about some of the lyricists and MCs that who you really resonate with you, and be, you talked about the fact that you know you like them because they're authentic. They're telling yeah. stories that you can relate to. Who are some of the other writers that you look up to, whether they're MCs or poets, or um, even spiritually? Because I think verse yeah. is very spiritual. Verse is very tied to what we're talking about too.
1: Okay, so I'll get the scriptures out the way. So, the scriptures in its entirety. Like, so I, I like just the scriptures. I like the Book of Mormon, the Bible, all, just the whole, all the scriptures. I even like just everything when it comes to the holy sacred realm and stuff. Like, I like mm-hmm. all of them. I love them. They're powerful. Um, as far as writers, I think one of my favorite writers, Michelle Alexander, Ooh,
0: when oh, I read yeah. The New
1: Jim Crow. Yeah, she's dope. Yeah. 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 That was just hands down. Like, wow. People want to know what mass incarceration is? That's, That's the, it. Mm-hmm. Read that.
0: What I think was really powerful about her book, too, is that for those of us who for folks who are impacted or for people who have been like doing work around mass incarceration for a long time, she just spelled Mm -hmm. it out. She Mm -hmm. said like what we all know. And then for people who didn't know, like they're continuously like, wow, this is stuff that I didn't realize, you know, that was like right there under the surface.
1: It, it's very powerful because it is a it is a reality that you're blind there is a demographic that just doesn't experience it at all you know we're, we're experiencing that with this whole racism thing where people are denying racism even though it's right in your face mm-hmm. like you
0: like, <laughs> can't oh, ignore it how can yeah. you ignore it <laughs> and,
1: and then it's like the justifications on it is like you're you are literally stating and substantiating your racism mm. so yeah
2: yeah and we can't get beyond something if we can't even agree on whether it exists or not
0: We've got, M- <laughs>
2: We've
0: got to name it. Got to name it. So, uh, Douglas, since I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of like channel your brother here, and you know, since he yeah. said that you're such a dope MC, yeah. um, I'm gonna need you to prove that. <laughs> so, you're do right. you have um, something that you can share with us? That's you know, either a rhyme or a poem that, um, so that we can sort of like hear some of the magic of your work.
1: Yeah, for sure. I gotta put my necklace behind it. All right, so <laughs> okay.
0: got to set up. Got to set
1: up. <laughs> right, so like I, uh, so this right here, I actually uh, I wrote while I was incarcerated. Okay, I wrote it while I was incarcerated, and I was a law clerk, and I actually wrote it on the law desk, and I was just like, oh, let me go
3: with this. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, all right, but all right. I, do you think, do you think, I'ma call him out? Let it ring, let it ring, what you're talking about? About to change at the, the game change all it doubt Got way too many running out the mouth, yo. Do you think, do you think, I'ma call him out? Let it ring, let it ring, what you're talking about? About to change that the, the game change all it out. Got way too many running, yo. Yo, it's the man with the fog lights coming through the dark nights. Hard type been created through the hard life. I'm part night, part warrior in all types Get the car swipe, cause I come with a large price. Boss tight, still I play the guitar nice, set it all. Right, got an on, I'm a raw sight Boss like Also, was a lion, not a short type Pull the torch right, turn the dark into all light uh, I'm the dog, when all right in a fortnight Better force it, endorse life Get the course to straight north Cause the boy nice to the point Only number one could be all like me And the boy outrageous Gonna need a barbecue. your pumps can't fade this Stick to the basics, never fabricating Always being real, never been an imitation Do you think, do you think, I'ma call him out wow, wow, yeah, yeah. Yes. Woo. Woo.
0: That, okay, your brother was right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're definitely
0: dope. <laughs> wow. Yes. So tell us about your process.
1: My process is different every time. Like, so mm-hmm. that one I did, like, that one I wrote the hook. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in a day room and I'll just sit there and just, like, beat on the, like, the little bench. And then, like, I started, like, humming to myself. Like,
3: na 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 You had the beat in your head.
1: Yeah. And then, like, after that, I put the hook to it. And then after I put the hook to it, I was just like, wait, hold on, let me write to it. And I wrote to it like that one, I wrote all together. There's other ones that I write, like it takes like a little bit longer, but yeah, but majority of the time it it just depends. My my artistic process, I like to, sometimes if I'm really feeling it, I'll just dive all the way in. And other times I like kind of space it out.
0: You have a great flow though. Um, Do you ever get writer's block?
1: Absolutely oh god yeah
0: so how do you this is like the age-old thing of writers right like how do you unblock yourself
1: uh, you, like do something else <laughs> <laughs> i've noticed that what helps me to get out of writer block really is to get out of my head yeah sometimes i just leave it alone mm-hmm. and i stop thinking about it because that's something else too like if i if i obsess over it it just gets worse <laughs> and the next thing you know i've done taking out what i thought was great about it and there's nothing else you know like yeah but i've learned now. know I've, I've worked a, a Pretty like a pretty good way of working it now, where I could just get into a groove, you know. Because I, I I mean, I do spoken word, all of it. Mm -hmm. Legal work, like I was the one who wrote and filed that case. I went to California Supreme Court and went on bank. I wrote that.
0: And I think the, I mean, legal language. Some people call it legalese, but it is also its own art form of writing. Do you have a writing practice? Like, do you write every day? Like, is there a certain time of the day that you like to write? And can you share with folks like? If they want to start a practice, a, a writing practice, like what should what what advice would you give to people to like find what their own rhythm would be?
1: Oh man, find somebody you could really identify with. That is so big. And I think that's something that's important for any type of field that you're going into. You know, like some of the greatest guitarists that like I I know, right? And and like some of the greatest guitarists that I know, like they say the same thing. Like they found an uh, an artist or somebody that they liked there's something about their style. And then from that, it gives you like a foundation, you know? So for me, it was finding somebody that I was able to identify with. And then like, for, well, I started as a drummer. So like that helped me also learning what the beat is, how many, like, what a measure is, and when you're listening to it. And I guess the most simplest way to understand what a beat is, is how many, is when you're bobbing your head to the music. You know what I mean? That's natural rhythm right there. You know, so when you're bobbing your head to the music, you don't need to know no musical theory for that. That's that's a beat right there. Find pockets where you're going to place your rhymes, find cadences, and and just build off of that.
2: No, I was going to say it makes perfect sense that you're a percussionist. Um, <laughs> it just does. your your flow because it it you start kind of tight and then it kind of loosens up and spreads out a little bit. So I was just closing yeah. my eyes um, and like imagining what you were talking about at the same time. So.
1: Do you perform um, live? Yeah, I'm preparing for it. Like, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely putting that together. Um, there's what's been going on with me lately is that I've been because I want to find like my own niche, you know? Because I like rock. That wasn't something I liked when I was younger. I was, <laughs> but like now that I'm older, I look I, I really do appreciate music in all its forms. So because of that, I want to mix like rock. I want to mix hip hop together you know, world, like world sounds together, you know what I mean? Some type of really cool. So there's going to be, a, I'm doing a lot of experimenting and trying to find my sound and find who I am as an artist, which is a whole different thing. You know what I mean? Because I could sit here and just make song after song after song and it'd just be super arbitrary, but this day and age, like branding who you are is really important. So like I'm finding a niche where I could just stay and encompass all of my, you know, be true to who I am.
2: So who is it that you like from the world of rock? Like who it
1: really inspires you? Chris Cornell. Ah, Chris Cornell is probably one of my favorite ones. Audio Slave. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Slipknot. I like like I when it comes to rock, I just like rock. So Metallica. Um, I like Linkin Park. Do you prefer
0: old school or like more current stuff?
1: All of it. Like even David Bowie. I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
2: yeah.
1: There's Three Days Grace. There's Incubus. Incubus is. Those guys are. Great, you know, three eleven is kind of reggae rock, you know, but there's just a lot of rock. And the reason why I like it is because if you go to a rock show, that you'll see why I like it. It's the feeling. it's such <laughs> a different vibe, man. Like it's just like the whole thing. Like you know, the people on the guitar is such like incredible skill. Um, I like Motley Crue. I like Kiss. I like you know what I <laughs> mean. I just like rock. Like their vibe itself is 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 rock star.
0: (laughs) So I love this because in in you trying to, you know, working on finding yourself as an artist and having this love of rock and hip hop, I mean, those are two um, genres that when they meet have been powerful too. Like the few times that they've come together. And I think they influence each other. You know, you can definitely hear that, um, you know, when you think about certain artists. I wonder also, because, you know, you mentioned how you, your Polynesian background also factors into this. And I wonder if that, if some of that is, is like entering into how you think about things and what pieces of that culture, which is also powerful and also very distinct, what pieces of that do you see are coming into your own identity as an artist?
1: Oh, I love that question. Uh, there's, I love that question because I haven't really, there's a lot I'll just say <laughs> that. There's a lot like with me and my culture where it's really, it's really paramount to treat women with the utmost respect. Utmost respect. You get what I'm saying? And then one thing, like I have, a, have had an extremely rough life, man. But one thing my dad, I never saw my dad do was touch my mom. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? He's never touched my mom and I can't even say that I've ever heard him yell at her. Yell at her. Mm. I've seen the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> guarantee that, man. But like, you know, so like for me, like respecting women to the utmost degree is something that's really important for me, not objectifying, And it, this is again, going against the grain in, in different ways, like, but like not objectify women is something very, I take seriously treating women with the utmost respect is just simply in my culture. Mm-hmm. We will like literally knock you out. It's not saying the entire culture is perfect though. I'm going to say that, you know, but it's definitely, that is in our culture. Women come first. Nice.
0: So, what is in the future for you like what should folks be looking out for expect to see from you um, coming up, especially you know now that we're going to be opening back up again and you know folks could yeah. go see you perform or you know go see you go see you um, do your thing you know what's yeah. what's up next for you?
1: What's up next for me is honestly just putting together a cohesive body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is like because I have a lot of different things going on, like I'm a writer, but I'm also involved in a lot of social justice reform. Um, I'm getting into the film industry. Um, there's a lot. of Yeah. Like I'm getting into the film industry because I mean, like I'm for real a writer, like, you know, so I'm doing that. Um as far as like musically is like I'm collaborating with different artists and stuff. And I'm just I'm still right now finding my sound.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much, Douglas. This has been such a great conversation. I loved mm-hmm. hearing your music and you perform. I was really transported to another place. By, I by, My eyes were closed. Yeah, <laughs> we were We were both <laughs> kind of like in the zone from what you were doing. So thank you so much for yeah. sharing your, your talent and your insight, your passion. It's so obvious and I can't process. wait to see. Yeah, and your process. And we can't wait to see what you come up with next
1: yeah like when i start putting together i think the most recent thing that's going to come up is in may i'm doing another because i just did a presentation with ucla uh-huh. um another presentation is coming up i can't remember who it's with It's somebody it's a it's a team in new york that i'll be doing like spoken word for nice uh, yeah so there's different things like that but i'll i'll definitely reach out and keep you connected
0: cool thank you thank so you much so much yeah Thank you for joining us here at Outside Inside Radio. We really appreciate your support. And you can find out more about us at www.prisonartscollective.com. I'm your host, Ella Turen. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of Outside Inside Radio. Until the next time.